You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Hey, what's up, everybody? It is the week of November 13th, 2014, and you are listening to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and coming up on today's show, you will be hearing my wonderful conversation I had with Miss Anne-Marie Crouch. Anne-Marie is very well known here in the Panhandle area for her talent agency, AMC Talent, but there's a lot more to know about Anne-Marie that you'll be hearing in just a little bit. Uh, Some of the things include that she started a modeling career at the age of 14, and when I was reading her bio, I noticed that she was five foot nine when she was 14 and even when my hair is spiked up as high as it'll go I don't think I make it to five foot nine so I'm quite envious of that but I digress at a young age she got to travel to several cool places including Australia France Japan and once she was finished with her modeling career she got into acting and she starred in this little known show called the Power Rangers Uh, She was in Power Rangers Wild Force as a series regular. Uh, She played Princess Shayla. So for those of you that watched Power Rangers Wild Force, you will definitely enjoy today's episode. And now she is back in the Panhandle area running AMC Talent, which is a talent agency. And uh, she's been held in very high regard from people that I've talked to. And several who I've had as podcast guests have recommended that I have her on the show. And I finally got a chance to sit down and talk with her uh, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago when I went out to Fort Walton Beach. But before we get to that, uh, I would first like to say uh, welcome to the brand new Derek Diamond Experience podcast feed. Uh, This is the first show that is officially under the Nerd Cave Network banner, which you heard in the intro. And I would also like to thank another former guest, uh, Lisa Goodness, who provided the voice for the intro and outro. So it's a pretty cool venture. Uh, No longer have to pay a monthly Podomatic fee. And as you're listening to this, this interview is the only one that is on the current feed, but within the next week or so, All of the past episodes will be on this feed, so uh, just please be patient with me, and uh, you'll get to hear all of the episodes on this new feed. So, like I said, I'm excited for this little venture. Uh, Several shows that I do or am involved with are now officially under one banner, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And I mentioned last week that I was going to see the movie Interstellar, directed by the great Christopher Nolan. And I got to see it on opening night, and it did not disappoint. It's it's a Christopher Nolan movie, so you can expect some twists and turns and some unexpected things. And I think the reason why I really enjoyed this movie, and I, I will say I liked it more than Inception, is because it wasn't as complex as Inception. Like With Inception, I had to watch it multiple times in order to fully get it. But I got this movie, and I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but you really need to go see this movie. If you like 
good science fiction, then you'll really enjoy this movie. And like I said, Christopher Nolan does it again. He He's such a good director. He's arguably the smartest director out there in Hollywood right now, in my opinion. So if you haven't seen it yet, I highly, highly recommend going to see it. I got to go to Orlando this past weekend to a Kevin Smith Q&A session. For those that may not know who Kevin Smith is, he is the director of many great movies like Clerks, Clerks 2, Mallrats, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Zack and Miriam Make a Porno, Red State, and uh, he's also known for his podcast. He has his own podcasting network called Smodcast that has uh, several shows that he is involved with. Well, we got to go to this Q&A session. It was myself and my friends, Zach and Robbie, who I co-host The Nerd Cave with. And Zach got to ask Kevin Smith a question. And the answer to this was completely unexpected by me. But I'm very happy as to what it was. And the question was, will you do a podcast with us? Because Kevin Smith is a huge idol uh, for me. He's a huge influence for me, I should say. Um, not just with podcasting, but films as well. Like The first Kevin Smith movie I saw was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and that was, I believe I was a sophomore in high school when that came out. And then months later, or years later, I should say, I saw the first Kevin Smith Q&A on DVD called An Evening with Kevin Smith, and soon after that, I saw the movie Clerks, the 10th anniversary DVD had just came out at the time. And since then, I've been a huge Kevin Smith fan, and my friend Zach is as well. But to get back to the question, uh, Zach asked him if he would do a podcast with us, and Kevin Smith said, well, what episode are you on? And Zach said, tonight we're going to be recording our 80th episode. And Kevin said, well, I'll come on your 100th episode. And the crowd actually erupted when he said that, which was quite surprising. I mean, almost as surprising as the actual answer itself. But it's very, very exciting. And it's not for another few months, but just the fact of knowing that, you know, someone who's been such a huge influence on me uh, on friends of mine, as well as so many other people, is actually going to take the time to come on our podcast. It is kind of surreal, actually. So that's going to be on March 31st, and that'll be on a Tuesday, and that will be the 100th episode of the Nerd Cave podcast. And for those that are in the Pensacola area, this is actually going to be a pretty big weekend for events that are going on. We've got the Pop Expo that's being put on by Pensacon. It's going to have a ton of stuff. It's going to have uh, several comic book artists that include uh, Steve Scott, who I've had on the show previously. And uh, the cool thing is, this year is the 30-year anniversary of Ghostbusters. And there's going to be a special screening of this movie followed by a Q&A session with Ernie Hudson, who most know starred in Ghostbusters. He played Winston. So if you're in Pensacola, I would definitely check that out. Uh, the guys at Pensacon do a, a great job of putting on these types of events, and you get to see Ghostbusters for free. You, you can't beat that. 
And then on Sunday, there's going to be a filmmaker's meet and greet at the Pensacola Little Theater from 2 to 5 p.m. And I've mentioned these meet and greets several times. I've made so many great connections by, you know, getting podcast guests, uh, film work. And so if you're into the local film scene, you really, really need to go to this. All the people there are great. Uh, Carrie Hunter, uh, who I've had on the show previously, runs these meet and greets, and she does a fantastic job with it. It's just a great way to make connections. And if you want to find out more information about the meet and greet, then just go on Facebook and join the Emerald Coast Film Group Facebook page, and you'll find out all the details there. And then uh, something that the Nerd Cave Network is going to be at uh, is going to be Fanaticon in Enterprise, Alabama, and that's going to be November 15th and 16th at the Enterprise Convention Center. And uh, some of the cool guests that we're going to have, um, one of my former guests, uh, Brett Brooks, who is a comic book writer and artist, and uh, Johnny Young Bosch, who most people know as the second Black Mighty Morphin Power Ranger, but he's also done a lot of voice work when it comes to anime. And he also is in a band called Eyeshine, and they're going to be doing a live performance and a special meet and greet at Fanaticon. So if you live in Alabama, uh, I would highly recommend it. But that's really about it that's going on with me and as far as the local scene uh, that I can think of. So before we get to our guest, I would once again like to thank the Unicorn Wranglers for allowing me to use their song Twin Peaks from their upcoming album Murder Mystery Night as the official theme song of this podcast, The Derek Diamond Experience. If you want to find out more information about them or check out some more of their music, you can follow them on Twitter at UWranglers. Their website is unicornwranglers.com. You can find them on Facebook. Just search for the Unicorn Wranglers. And I believe they're on Instagram as well. Just search for you Wranglers. And that's about it. So sit back and enjoy this wonderful conversation I had with Miss Anne-Marie Crouch. And we're back here on the Derek Diamond Experience with my very special guest this week from AMC Talent, Miss Anne-Marie Crouch. Anne-Marie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Derek. Good to be here, having fun. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I've been actually wanting to get you on the show for a while now because literally <laughs> I think every local actor or actress that I've interviewed has you know, met you or taken some of your uh, classes and they've all said, you've got to get Anne-Marie on the show. There's been so many. So it, it's, it's cool to finally get have you on the show. Thank you, Derek. It's funny because um, it, it's great. You've got that persistence and, and that passion needed in this industry. Because I remember it was, I think, back in the spring when you had Facebook. It was me. after, uh, right after I actually started the show, right. actually. yeah, Because I started back in March, and I think it okay. was like... May or June, something like that. So it was, and I remember you emailed uh, Facebooked again, and I saw. I was like, "Whoa, this guy Derek like Facebooked me two months ago, and I never replied." But here we are. What is it? Uh, end of October and end and of we're October. Together. Yeah. And again, this time it worked out perfectly because uh, I got a Facebook message again. That persistence was great. Um, I'm pretty stubborn when it comes. I to that love kind it. Of stuff. You have to be. That's. That, I mean, good point. That's good point. what we we need in this in this industry. Um, and it was this was to me is perfect timing because I was here with John Ferrari 
um, for the week doing lots of production stuff. And I was like, shoot, come on over. Let's have fun. Interview John at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, so it did. It ended up. Yeah, and I actually got to watch some, uh, what exactly were you guys doing just a minute ago? We've got Mark sitting over here to my right. Was he doing like it is an audition or what exactly is it? it, It's an, uh, what we call an audition demo reel. Okay. For example, um, he had two contrasting monologues. So we filmed those and we edited them together so that clients can see him, uh, maybe with a different, some different characters. It's not a full on actor's reel where you have, you know, the actual scene and you're in the location itself, but it's like an audition reel. So when actors get auditions, that's how they film them. So we just go ahead and prepare and coach and film some nice pieces right? and create an audition demo reel that he can have on his website, on Actors Access, that I can have. So clients don't just see um, a headshot, but they can see Mark in action. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really, really good idea because like mm-hmm. you said, you see the person, but you don't know how they act. But with video, you actually get to see it. Correct. And, you know, a lot of agents in larger markets, I always teach for larger markets. I never say, okay, this is what we can do here. It's always thinking L.A., whether you ever go to L.A. or not. But I feel like that's my calling is to make sure they understand that. Um, And a lot of agents will say, oh, yeah, well, do they have a a reel, an actor's Mm -hmm. reel? Well, how can they get a reel till they work, right? So we create reels for them to show them in action. So it's just one more piece of marketing material absolutely in this industry absolutely so um really i guess the first formal question i wanted to ask you uh did you grow up in this area or where exactly are you from i I kind of did i was uh born in enid oklahoma Mm -hmm. (laughs) poor white girl (laughs) the daughter of a preacher uh awesome grew up there uh enid oklahoma and eventually we did move to pensacola I think when I was in middle school, we moved to Pensacola. So this really area is considered home to me. I did leave for, I don't know, 17, 18 years. But once I finally met a husband and had a baby, and what it was, I felt it was time to get out of Los Angeles, I came back to where I grew up to raise her. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, I was actually reading on your, your – I read your bio on your website. It said that you actually uh, – were first in modeling before you were in acting. Correct? Very much so. I, I spent actually more time in modeling. I think uh, really? when I was about, I think it was about 14 living in Pensacola. I had seven older brothers. So I was oh, very wow. much, yeah, very much a, a, only girl, huh? a Tom girl. I, I did have some sisters, <laughs> okay, um, but okay. I tended to have more fun playing, you know, tag football in the front yard and, and soccer and such with my brothers. So uh, my parents put me in a little modeling course just to learn more etiquette, you know, cause I was becoming a, a a, you know, a teenager now, how to sit up straight and right. and speak proper and all that kind of stuff. So I learned that in the class, but also um, we started getting into a little bit more fashion and photography, and that seemed really interesting. So when I was 14, we went to a little model and talent competition up in Atlanta. This was years ago. Uh, so we'd go around the neighborhood, sell candy bars, try to raise some money to get up to Atlanta. And it just was the timing, the right place the right time um and i was picked up by an agency in japan so when i was 15 yes during my freshman and sophomore year of high school i went to japan for about um let's see about 10 weeks okay and then came back home week before my sophomore year of high school started so that's how it 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 just kind of fell in my lap in a way the modeling Mm -hmm. did um right timing age agency everything so 
I uh, uh, have been modeling since then, probably until about I was 23, I lived overseas. So Did mainly, you live anywhere else besides Japan? Mainly Paris. I spent oh, probably wow. the longest time in Japan, about three years. I spent about two and a half years in Paris, um, Italy, Germany, all over uh, Europe, Australia, Greece. Oh, so you got to travel pretty much all over the world at a very early age. That's crazy. It was great. When I was 16, I did um, take my GED, finished school early, signed a contract in Paris, and kind of took off. So it really happened fast. But by the time I was 23, um, I was ready at least to move back to the States and so I moved to Los Angeles kind of as my home base. I was still going to travel, but it was either L.A. or New York. And, and with my look, much more commercial print rather than high fashion, L.A. was the place for me. So I moved to Los Angeles, but still continued just to travel as a model. That's awesome. Right. I, I'm actually really jealous of that, that you got to go to all these cool places at such an early age. That's great. Very, very amazing, amazing journey. What, uh, what's been your favorite place to travel out of all of those? Well, for different places for different reasons. But I was talking about Japan yesterday. And to me, Japan is like a second home. Like when I fly into the airport there, I feel like I'm home. And I don't know if it's because it's the place that I started. Like, I was raw. I went to Japan at the age of 15 and never done a modeling job in my life. And now I'm halfway around the world. Um, But uh, that is my favorite place as far as my comfort zone. Uh, But Paris was awesome. Um, Just a different time in my life. When I went to Paris when I was 16, I didn't like it so much. It was was a little tougher for me because it was so Mm -hmm. different type of environment than Japan was, which was very safe. Um, But as I got older and went back to Paris, uh, I really enjoyed living there and and, uh, the people and friends that I've made and the experiences. What uh, what about Australia? That's that's been somewhere Uh, that I've, I've wanted to visit. That was awesome. I actually took my mom there. I always tried to take my mom to some different places. So um, the great thing is, I could always get an agency in those markets. So I got an agent in Australia, Mary Lou's Models, who was here for many, many, many years. People in this area know her. Um, She would always contact me, connect me with agents in different markets. And I would just call her and say, hey, Mary Lou, I want to go to Australia. She's like, okay, let's work on it. She'd get me an agent, flew over there. My mom and I went over there, found an apartment. Um, Mom went home. And then I stayed for about six months. I was in Australia for about six months in Sydney. And at that time, I think I was about 19. So I was of age <laughs> in Australia. So I had a lot of fun. It was good. And it's a great market. It's such a, uh, you go to different cities for different reasons as a model. And Australia was a great place to go to get nice quality editorial. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was much easier to get it there than, let's say, Paris. So I could go there and pick up some really nice, you know, fashion editorial shots to then help me, you know, in Paris or other markets. Right. So it was a beautiful, fun time. Awesome. So when you moved to L.A., was that when you decided you wanted to get into the acting gig? Not at all. Not at all. It was funny. I moved to L.A. more for a base as a model. Uh, Yes, um, rather than New York. So I still worked just strictly as a model until uh, uh, late 20s. I do commercials you know, mm-hmm. my my print agency also when people would call. So I do things like Nexus hair commercials, things like that. So that was my closest thing to acting. I just didn't really have as much of an interest in it. 
um, because I was working full time as a model. But it, it hit me once I was working in Dallas, Texas. And uh, it's like I always in a still photography, even if though it's still photography, I'd always create a character. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially when you have a white backdrop, you're in a studio, you're shooting for 10 hours um, and they put you in a snap up grandma you know, nightgown from J.C. Penney's, and you have to make it look good. Um, the believability sometimes is is hard to find. So uh, I create these little scenarios. I would um, just pretend like I'm on a walk with my friend or my grandma. We're going to go have a picnic in the park, and I get out of my head and create. Um, I was acting, and that was fun. And I I finally said, shoot, I think I'm ready to put a voice to these characters and that's the first time I thought maybe I should yeah jump back out to LA and really pursue the acting side of it and uh did you take any acting classes once you oh yeah I did and and at the time I was living in Dallas for a while I had a, a boyfriend at the time who was a musician and we actually moved from Los Angeles to Dallas which is kind of crazy but his management uh was based in Dallas so I moved to Dallas with him um, and still doing a lot of modeling. It's a great market there. Mm-hmm. Um, this, again, was, was years ago. And so I started in Dallas. I said, let me get in some improv classes, start building my resume here. So when I go out to L.A., um, I don't go with a blank sheet. Uh, so I did that for a few years, modeling and just taking classes, doing all the short films I could find in the Dallas area, um, building that resume, putting a little reel together. And then uh, it was time for, for my boyfriend and I to, to part ways. And I just packed up my, my car with my computer, a couple suitcases, left the house, left everything and, and said, okay, it's time for the next stage of my life. That takes a lot of courage to do something like that. It does. It does. But, you know, what I always tell people is success is, to me, no matter what I did in L.A., the success was packing up that car, turning Making the it on, decision to do it and actually doing and it. And doing it. Making that drive. And I think that's what um, most people don't get to that point mm-hmm. because of the fear of, well, what if I don't make it? Well, what is making it to you? To me, making it was getting in the car and going. Yeah. So that was my defining moment is, mm-hmm. is doing it. Well, it was kind of like uh, when I was talking with John, it's better to try at something and fall flat on your face than not doing it at all. So even going out to L.A. and trying it, even if it didn't work, you would at least say, hey, I packed up my car. I made that drive from Texas to L.A. I made that decision. And a lot of people wouldn't do that. And that exactly. And I think, you know, just having that open mind that, well, what is what is success and what is failure? Um, and so really, when I meet new talent now, like I'm on the other side now, is tell me your goals. Like, I want to really visualize what your dreams are, and what your goals are, because my job is to help you get there. And there's steps to be taken that will make your road maybe a little easier, a little less rocky than maybe some things that I've gone through in my life um, without that mentor. So um, that's what it is. It's about just just knowing what your uh, success looks like 
you're and and right. also you know if you go out there and and um you you don't meet some of the goals what i find is so many other things are doors are open as long as you keep your eyes open who knows i have no idea what i'll be doing in 10 years but i know what i'm doing today and what my goals are today and that's what i'm working towards and we'll see what where it takes me mm-hmm. it's kind of my philosophy yeah it's a good philosophy it's to fun. have yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you move out to LA and this was the one question that I've been dying to ask. Okay. How did you get on a Power Rangers show? Okay. I grew up a huge Power Rangers nut. No way. Yes. So do you know Princess Shayla? Yes, I do. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> You do. I, I do. I do a little bit of prep work before these. I, I try and be a little bit professional, just a little though. No, you're awesome. I totally could tell that you did some prep work when you sent over <laughs> over questions. You know, with like with John and Actors Entertainment. Um, well, I, I went back over to LA and I was around 30. That was that's you know kind of old for you know an actress to first hit LA. Um, the books at least say. So I threw those books away real quick and said, hey, this is what I want to do. You're going to make yourself the exception to that rule. Shoot, why not? Yeah. Who wrote, you know. Um, So, yes, I have been told I'm a rule breaker. Um, (laughs) And at first I was like, I am? And then I thought, yeah, I am. Depends on what it is. Yeah. Um, So I went out there. I rented. um, I had an agency, print agency at the time. And she said, I said, do you have anybody that has a room for rent? You know, now I'm 30. I've, you know, I've had my house here or there and everything. And all I have with me is a car, my two suitcases, my computer. And I want to, I want to be an actress. Um, I said, do you have somebody that has a room for rent? So she said, yeah. So I pulled up and uh, rented a room from a really nice girl, set up my computer and turned it on. And every morning I'd wake up and I'd look at the breakdowns and, and look at the auditions and, and see and do my mail outs, my headshots, my resumes. Like that was back, you know, we would still mail hard copies mm-hmm. a lot then. So I do my mail outs and um, I paid somebody to put, a, you know, slice my reel together of stuff I'd done in Dallas. And long story short, I, I got an agency and I got a manager and I wrote my goals and my goal when I moved out there was within um, three months to just maybe do a five five and under on a show. Uh, or three months was actually to get an agent. Six, mm-hmm. five and under. By a year, I wanted to be a series regular. And my friends were like, are you crazy? You know, like, seriously, are you crazy? Like, I've been out here 10 years, and I'm, I still am not a series regular. I was like, well, those are my goals. Let's just see what happens. So I got my agency. Um. And then they called one day and they said, oh, you've got a, uh, an audition for a new pilot. I think Dustin Hoffman was one of the producers, so his son was on it right. um, for a new pilot. And he's like, it's just like three lines, you know, waitress. I was like, give it to me. So I got those sides, and I had about 24 hours, and I worked those three lines those 24 hours. I had a great friend out there. Named, his name is Joe Sabatino. He uh, now is a producer on Necessary Roughness that, that uh, is no longer airing, but he was an actor with me mm-hmm. at the time. So we'd go over those three lines, and I had those three lines just set. And I went in there, looked the part, dressed the part. I was that character, and uh, I booked it. So I marked that goal off my list, you know, and my other little goals. And then uh, a few months later, uh, I had a really nice agency there, very respectful agency. I was lucky to get in with them. Um, And I had a management, too. Long story short, the management called me about this audition for Power Rangers. I said, okay, let me run it by my agent. And they were like, no, you don't want to, you know, 
mm-hmm. get on Power Rangers. That's going to suck you up for a whole year. We won't be able to submit you on anything. They've, we've got these plans, all this kind of stuff. Um, I said, well, I, let me just audition. You know, it's it's good to get out there and start auditioning. So I went to the first audition. I uh, got a call back. I went to the second audition. Uh, got another call back. And it was funny because I'd get called back, but for different characters within the show. Like the first one was for the Yellow Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. So as an actor, what did I do? I went to Blockbusters at the time. Do they still have Blockbusters anymore? No. Okay. Blockbusters. I'm done. showing you my age. Uh, Blockbusters at the time, I rented some Power Ranger videos. Right. Um, then I went to Ross and I bought a yellow shirt. Because why make them wonder, oh, I wonder what she looked like in yellow? Show them. Yeah. Me. Show them the character. So uh, about six months went by. I'd been there at least six times for six callbacks because they went from about 3,000 submissions, headshots, to 300 auditions, and they had to fill six spots. So it was kind of a crazy six months for them. Uh, I didn't get a role. I didn't get a role. They had auditioned me for every single thing, I think, except for one character. Um, So I was like, well, that was a pretty intense journey. It could have been a little life-changing. It didn't happen, so obviously that's not part of my path. So I came back home just for the Christmas holidays, and my agent called between uh, right after New Year's. My agent called, and he said, Amory, you booked the part of Princess Shayla on the Power Rangers. I was like, Princess Shayla? I didn't even audition for her. That was the one character that I never even auditioned for. I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, they've already like filmed five episodes. The producer loves you. He knew he wanted you for something. He couldn't figure it out. So they fired the other girl and you got to fly here tomorrow. I know. Fly here tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, you got fittings. We got to make up five episodes. So Monday morning, you're going to start, you know, makeup chair at 545 a.m. So, yeah. Wow. That's how it happened. (laughs) That's crazy. And then, uh. That was for about a yeah. We shot for about fifty-four episodes for about nine months, and that's awesome. What a ride that was! Yeah, you people forget how big the Power Rangers were back then. Because I, I remember when the first incarnation happened. You know, they had the the show, they had the movie, right. they had endless supplies of like action figures and toys, which right. I still have sitting in my parents' cool. attic to this day. But so yeah, that that's that's really really cool. And um, one of your, I guess you'd call them students that's taken some of your classes, who I had on my show said to ask you about your karate scenes. Oh, nice! Who was <laughs> which student was this? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to drop. Think. I don't want to drop. It would have been Naraj. Or... I don't want to drop uh, drop names, but his initials are Stephen Harwick. Oh, Stephen! Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just liked his little comment this morning <laughs> on Facebook. Uh, my karate scenes. Well, you know, it, it's funny. I in class a lot of times I tell stories because my education is on the road like right. I, I didn't go to school to study you know any of this or university um i just learned from experience so i use a lot of stories within my teaching and one day a lot of the power rangers comes from the show obviously in japan so they try to recreate it with the american version english speaking mm-hmm. so one day i told the director i was like you know what i really want to do you know a karate scene um he's like well the princess doesn't do the karate in in the japanese (laughs) version i was like okay but you know maybe we can you know spice it up a little bit and have the american princess do a little karate 
So uh, we did. We did. He uh, wrote a little scene for me. I mean, my um, stunt double did most of it. <laughs> she did most of the fun stuff. But at least I, I got to do a little karate. Um, another thing that, that Stephen probably had heard in class that is, is interesting and that I always talk to my talent about is the princess in the Power Rangers in the Japanese version sang. Mm-hmm. So one day I went to the director and I said, hey, so... Uh, or he said to me, he goes, Amory, can you sing? And of course, as an actor, you say yes, you know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. And uh, he's like, well, because the princess in the Japanese version sang this beautiful song to the animals and, and things because the wild force. I was like, yeah, I can because I actually can. That's what I used to, to do before I got into modeling. I love to sing. So instead of just telling the director I could sing and then seeing if it ever happened that weekend I went over to John Michael Ferrari's house and he recorded me singing a Karen Carpenter song just a very beautiful um song and Monday morning there were copies on the producer's desk and the director's desk that's what you do as an actor you show them you don't wait for it to happen so they saw that they had it and I was in the recording booth you know by the end of the week singing that's cool (laughs) that's awesome so once uh once power rangers ended like what what gave you the idea to start your uh your talent agency amc talent because you mentioned that you got married and you moved back here so was it after that that you decided to to start that up yeah i think the the power rangers uh took care of my achieved the second goal in my life with Mm -hmm. with acting and um feeling that and being part of that um but i always felt my passion kind of like john's was teaching Mm -hmm. and that's why we we produced the video being beautiful inside and out the one he told you about uh uh, i bought him the camera and uh said okay that's your pay let's let's film this so uh we filmed that mainly to reach you know young aspiring models in smaller markets so we filmed that and i was still acting um in los angeles and then I finally met a husband, which is it's a hard place to, to to meet a husband that doesn't want to stay in L.A. and wants to move to a small town and raise a family. Uh, but I met him, and we had our daughter, Shaylin, and uh, she was about one years old when we moved. But after I had her, my agent was still calling. I was still going on auditions and working. And one day he called and said, okay, I've got an audition for L.A. Law tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., something mm-hmm. like that. And I just didn't feel it. I was like, that's feeding time. You know, that's time for me to be with my baby. And that's when I knew it was time for my next step in life. And that's to teach the next generation of actors and models. And what better place than come back to the panhandle um, Mm -hmm. where I'm from. And then I know there's a need for that there. There's not a lot of on-camera type of training uh, here. So I knew with my husband's support um, and, you know, some of our savings, we could spend a few years bringing it up and getting it ready and then uh, formed AMC Talent. And how long have you been, uh, how long has AMC Talent been around? The agency's been here for about, only about two and a half years. Okay. When I'm, or yeah, three years now. When I moved here, I was just teaching. And what I would do is I teach and I have little conventions and I place talent with other agencies and the talent would start working. And I thought, well, why don't I get an agency license and I can book these this awesome talent myself? Right. So that's when I received, I got the agency license. And what kind of classes do you teach? Mainly a lot of on-camera and auditioning. Those are what I teach. Now, it's all through a class act studio. So 
once I became an agent, that was my primary goal, is to agent and manage. I manage mm-hmm. some talent now. Darla Briganti from a class act studio is the pro mm-hmm. coach. She's awesome. So she hires me in to teach some some, some of my specialties. And I feel something, uh, one of my strengths is auditioning technique. To me, that is a craft and a technique in itself. Because until you really know how to audition, you're not going to book those jobs to use all those awesome acting techniques that you've been learning. So I help talent understand how to audition to then book the jobs that they can use all the awesome, you know, training that Darla gives them. So and then some on on camera stuff that I've just worked, you know, experience on camera. That's cool. That's really, really cool. And what uh, like say what's a website or say a Facebook page like that people can find out more information about classes? Um, well, classes would be Darla's, uh, okay. a class act studio. So a class act studio.com is Darla's and she posts all the classes and then she'll bring me in for some of them. It usually says who's teaching the classes. Um, as far as the agency, uh, on Facebook, it's AMC talent and Marie Crouch. I just put it, I have it all together. Um, I should probably separate it sometime, but there's a lot of things that I need to do that don't get done <laughs> because, uh, you know, we're, we're having too much fun in production mode with John here in town or clients. I was working on a booking this morning, so it's just prioritizing. Um, always the clients and, and the talent first. Uh, and then I do have a website. doesn't have a lot of information on it, amctalent.com. Because when clients email me, generally... Um, I, I select the talent that they're specifically looking for and email the pictures. So I have a large database, but it's just more internal in my computer. It sounds like, I mean, from what I've heard, uh, both you and Darla at Class Act Studio do a fantastic job because I've heard nothing but positive things. She's another name that I've heard for you know several past guests that I've had. It's been pretty crazy. Yeah, she is awesome. And I know when I when I told her I was meeting you today, she's like, oh, tell him I said hello. And I hope to get with him soon. She's yeah, I I want to interview her at at some point. Yeah, she's she's awesome to me. You know, a lot of times when she and I teach together, and I'm always on camera, I always well, I work the camera, I just put the camera on her and turn it on. Mm -hmm. You know, she's is, is an amazing soul and spirit and the energy and passion she has for this is is, you know, uh, doesn't come by too often so once I did meet her and she and I you know um kind of teamed up together I told her you're stuck with me (laughs) it's one of those people like John you know it's John and Pepper you're stuck with me for for the rest of my life absolutely but uh Anne-Marie thank you very much for coming on the show this was a blast and it was a really good learning experience too awesome I'm so glad that yeah you're here and you're welcome to come down we're doing a really cool feedback open forum now so you can learn some more fun techniques from john and hang out for the barbecue oh barbecue is good i do like barbecue but yeah once again thank you for the interview this was awesome awesome thank you Thank you for listening to the Derek Diamond Experience this week. And thank you once again to Anne-Marie Crouch for coming on the show. This was a lot of fun. And if you want to find out more information about her talent agency, AMC Talent, just go to amctalent.com. And next week, we will be venturing outside of the Panhandle area into the state of Alabama with Vice President of eBed Pictures, Mr. Java Moody. So you'll definitely want to check out that episode. And don't forget, you can follow the show on Twitter at DDiamondExp. 
Like us on Facebook at The Derek Diamond Experience. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Derek underscore Diamond. And also, don't forget to check out our new website, nerdcavenetwork.com. And that'll do it. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. And we'll see you guys next week on Thursday, November 20th. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.